3: I am Rushon McDonald, and I host the weekly Money-Making Conversation Masterclass show. The interviews and information that this show provides are for everyone. It's time to stop reading other people's success stories and start living your own. My next guest is Georgia native Elia English. She has an indelible career in television, theater, film, and the jazz clubs. And from her memorial television roles as Auntie Ray on HBO's Curvy Enthusiasm, love her. And Helen on Jamie Foxx show. That's where I met her. Mary Lou Wentz on Disney's Club. Good luck, Charlie. And as Henny on Lifetime movie of The Week, Petals on the Wind. She is on the show to talk about her career, upcoming YouTube show, and the final season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Please welcome the Money Making Conversation Masterclass show, Elia English. How are you doing, my friend? I'm
2: doing wonderful. Thank you for asking. How are you, my respect? Well, I got
3: my legs crossed. I'm ready to talk. I'm ready to talk. <laughs>
2: i'm ready i'm ready it is a pleasure
3: well thank you it's really excited to have you on the air because you know you and i met way back in um i want to say about 98 when i was co-executive using the jamie Foxx show watching his career and watching your career uh grow and blossom and grow to diversity you know when i say diversity i just knew you as an actress now i didn't know you could sing you've become an author Talk about uh, diversifying yourself along the way, along that path, this journey of having a career.
2: Okay, well, for me, Rashawn, I know that when I um, first moved away from home from Georgia, a little small town outside of Atlanta called Covington, and I moved to New York, I went there to begin my career in theater. And so I started out in theater. And one of the things that I learned in during theater, you had to be what was called at that time, a triple threat. You had to be able to act. You had to be able to sing. And you had to be able to dance if you wanted to work on Broadway. And so I had to immediately, thank goodness I had already started theater um, before I left Atlanta. I did a, a two projects. One was called, I feel my goodness, it was uh, Manhattan Yellow Pages. Uh-huh. And the other one was called, uh, Blackbirds of 1978. I was still in school when I did those projects in Atlanta, but they helped me to launch, I guess, what I realized at that time was going to be my acting career. And uh, then I went to New York, ended up being on uh, Broadway, doing Ain't Misbehaving, the Fats Waller musical, which Why? was awesome. Yeah. And then from well, there, let me, let me, go ahead.
3: Let me, let me slow down a little bit because small town, Yes. You know, and I come from Houston, Texas. So, I love it. you know, I,
2: know
3: Houston. I started as a stand up comedian and from a big market, but I wasn't in New York and I wasn't in L.A. You know, those two markets, people say you got to go to. So mm-hmm. what was the mentality? Was there any fear translating from a small market, small town personality to a big place like New York?
2: That's a great question, Rashan, and I'll never forget that day when I arrived. You're making me go back and live, relive some moments. But the blessing for me, um, thank God, for my parents, my my dad. At that time, when I was uh, moving away, my dad actually had become a pastor, a minister of a church. But we've been, I've been, I grew up in the church, and so faith was one of the things that I did learn growing up and I had to hold on to it. But yes, there was great fear. And when I was traveling to um, New York from Georgia, my uh, a situation happened where the producer that I'd done the, the uh, Manhattan Yellow Pages with and the um, Blackbirds of 1978, he um, was supposed to be bringing me my final check because I was getting ready to travel and he was late and he caused me to miss my flight which caused me to miss the person who was going to be picking me up when I got to New York and so when I arrived in New York he couldn't get back to the airport in time to get me so he was like I want you to go out and you're going to take this bus and this bus landed me on a street that I was so not prepared for trust me I was green beyond green I mean I was so naive young at the time I was on 42nd Street Yes. But all I kept singing to myself was and saying to myself, first first of all, was I don't believe you brought me this far to leave me. And there yes. was a song that I learned that I used to sing in the, in the church choir when I was little. And it goes, I don't feel no ways tired. I've come too far. From where I started from, nobody told me the road would be easy. And I don't believe you brought me this far to leave me. That was my mom. Wow.
3: You know, (laughs) I'm going to tell you something. 42nd Street, for people who go there now, the 42nd Street, because I went to, I saw 42nd Street in 88. So I know exactly. I mean, the cops seen it. They had bigger guns than I've ever seen. You couldn't walk two feet without being a, a lady of the night or the man of the right. night approaching yes. you. You couldn't walk two feet without somebody wanting to sell you drugs. Yes. Uh, she and I was from Houston, Texas. And I was stunned. <laughs> so I know from in Georgia, okay. you were really taken back. Taken
2: back. I'd never seen anything like it. And even though I'd lived in Atlanta for a while before I moved away, I never got in those communities. I never saw anything like it. It was so crazy. And I was blessed because right after I got off the bus and I looked around and saw where I was, a taxi driver pulled up. And when he pulled up, he pulled up in front of me and his tires screeched. (laughs) And he was like, hello, you're not from here, are you? And I went, no, I'm not. He was like, where are you going? And I told him where I was going. I didn't realize it was really right around the corner. And he said to me, get in this taxi and get in here now. And I jumped in the taxi and he just drove me around the corner and Mm -hmm. got me to the apartment complex that I needed to be in. I said, that's when I went, okay, angels, thank you. My angels were truly watching over me that day.
3: Well, you know, I, I, I can remember that, you know, my New York experience was very similar to yours because it's so many people. It's, the, it's moving so fast. Yes. When people are watching this show or listening to the show, any advice that you can give them by, you know, an opportunity you went for. But you need to be a little cautious, better planner for that situation that you walked in, like I walked in, you know, because every plan doesn't go correct. What would you suggest? I would truly, in this day and age, I would tell young people,
2: get informed. We have access now to information that you and I didn't have at the time. I mean, when I had to go look something up, we still had to go to the library to get this information. But we have information at our fingertips now with the internet, you know, where you can, and then we've got our Google. We can go in and Google anything. Be informed. Make sure you learn, make sure you, and the good part was I did have contacts when I came out. So I wasn't coming out just on my own and being a lot alone. I actually had some actors that I had worked with who had come to Georgia in that show that I did called the Manhattan Yellow Pages. Right. And they were there as well. So they were there to help me, to guide me, to tell me, you know, what I needed to do, how to get to the auditions, how to ride the trains. So you do, you need like, I guess, not necessarily a village, but you do do need like your core, a core group of people that you can trust when you're there and that who's lived in the community and they know it and they can definitely steer you the right way and in the right course. So I would advise
3: people to make sure you stay informed. Quite, I'm speaking to Elia uh, English. On Helen on the Jamie Foxx show, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna leave with that. We are gonna get to Curry on Thursday, but I'm gonna go back to when I first met her. You know, <laughs> this know. beautiful personality. It was 1998. I was co-executive abuse of the Jamie Foxx show. Jamie's on fire. He just finished Any Given Sunday. Mm-hmm. The show was like one giant party. Uh, it was an amazing um, time because black television was taking off. You know, they had yes. the WB, yes. they had the CW, and the UPN, and all these things that were carrying black programming. How did you get cast on The Jamie Foxx Show?
2: Oh, that's a great question. We had a mate. First, we started out with this open call and it was every black woman, <laughs> of course, that was in California was definitely at the audition and they were auditioning for all the roles, you know. And when they started to do the, you know, the um, weeding them down and bringing the callbacks, I'll never forget my final callback. And actually, um, Rashawn, I don't know if you know this. I was actually the youngest of all the women that were auditioning. They were much older and they mm-hmm. so they all they all knew they had the role because they were like, ah, she's too young. She can't do it anyway. But I'll never forget when I got an opportunity on that last call back, Jamie was there. Mm -hmm. And I got the opportunity. He, you know, Jamie took me off script. First we had, you know, we had a script that we had to learn, but Jamie took me off script and it was so wonderful. It was like going on this little roller coaster ride with him and wherever he went, I was right there. And wherever I went, he was right there. And we had such a great chemistry in that Audition. It was just an audition. It wasn't the show. And I believe that was where the blessing came in me being able to be the one. And I am so grateful. I can never thank them enough. I can't thank them enough. Please
1: don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more money making conversations. Master snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public. The list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward, don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host,
0: It is 2024, and we're going to get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you here on Next Question is going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey.
2: Welcome back to the Money Making Conversations Masterclass hosted by Rashaun McDonald.
3: Now, let's get back to why she came on this show. <coughs> My show, Money Making Conversations, Elliot hey, English, you know, I she really it. came on it for one reason, on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yes, yes, wow. yes, yes, yes. Created yes. by Larry David, who also created the Seinfeld show, which was a tremendous hit on NBC. How did you get cast in the role of uh, Auntie Ray. Is Auntie Ray correct?
2: Auntie Ray, that's correct. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. That's another great question. Mm -hmm. The audition that I had for that show was, I mean, really amazing. I had an opportunity in that particular audition where I had to um, attack Larry David. And so this is my first time meeting him. I mean, this is the legendary Larry David. Like you said, he's done Seinfeld. I mean, he's, he is amazing. And so I had to, and he was, and he, you know, was saying to me, don't feel bad. Don't just don't hold back. Just go ahead and do it. And I truly did. I can't remember what our dialogue was, but I know it was a scene about him doing something that I had to stop him from doing. Right. And I truly did. When it came time for me to have to come and take him down, I took him down and everybody in the room. Lost it. They laughed so hard. And then after we were done, I was like, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you? He was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. And he says, I'm glad you went for it. And mm-hmm. that, I believe, might be exactly why I was blessed to be Auntie Ray.
3: Let, let, let's work down the show because I know Kim Whitley, a good friend of mine, has done the show and I've had on the show talking about the structure before we get into other characters, JB Smooth character and Vivica Fox character, memorable characters on the series, mm-hmm. as is your character. How does it work? How does because they say it's improvisational? How does how does, do you get a script at all for to do the show? Kirby enthusiasm. No, we do not get a script. We get
2: would um, they tell us like of what they want the scene to be about. So we at least have an idea of what we're going to be doing and what the scene is going to be about. But once we start the scene, once they say action, it's dialogue that is coming raw from us. However, what I love about that is my training ground for improvisation was in theater. And I'll never forget, I think I was, was I still 19? Or maybe I had finally turned 20. But I got to work with this woman who, she's a legendary actress. Her name was Peggy Cass. And Peggy Cass I'd seen also growing up as a kid with those old black and white movies when she played in Auntie Mame, Um, she was the secretary, Agnes Gooch. And Mm -hmm. so I actually got to star in a production called Nonsense with her. So first of all, the intimidations of playing Opposite this legendary actress. And then we were at the Ford Theater in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. that they kept exactly the same as it was. And the, 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 what is it? That balcony where President Lincoln was shot. I had to play wow. to that every night. So that was like really intimidating. But the one thing that was happening because she was an older actress, she started going up on her lines. And I had to be the one because it was m- most of our scenes were together. To bring her back. So I had to learn how to make sure I did my dialogue, but created dialogue to get her back on track and make sure that the audience was none the wiser. No one knew that I was doing that. And that was my training ground for improvisation. And then when we were doing the JV Fox show, you guys would let us do the script, right? And once we got the script landed, you let us play. And that was so much fun. That was my next experience of improving. And like I said, I also did the improvisation with Jamie for the audition. And so when I by the time I got here, um this it he gave us the playground. It was just a playground to just improv. And Larry David is so generous. I mean, he is so kind and he just, he lets you go. He doesn't stop you. He lets you go. You just keep going, going, going until he says stop sometimes if it's too far. But it's it's wonderful to do that improv. And I noticed that even when we were doing the Jamie Foxx show, a lot of the things that we were able to do with our improv, you guys ended up having it in the cut. And I was excited about that.
3: So we know it's a couple of things I want to bring up earlier about you okay. that a lot of people um, out there want to want not just act, but want to do things in life. And they and they tend to um, allow fear, the unknown, like you moving to New York, you 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 change your comfort zone to move to New York. You know, what I'm saying? because it wasn't like I had to move to Houston, New York. I didn't want to move to New York. I didn't want to move to L.A., but that I had to for my career. And then you talk about improv with Jamie Foxx. You talk about improv and Larry David. Those are uncomfortable moments. How could you advise people to push past those uncomfortable moments?
2: Wow. That's a great question. Most of us who find ourselves in this entertainment, especially acting mm-hmm. career, We've been doing it all of our lives. We've been right. play acting since we were kids, right? right? And so you let yourself go back there. You mm-hmm. re- revisit that time when you were playing with your siblings and you guys created the scene or you created the story. It's like, I'm going to play this character. I'm going to play, but we didn't call it that. Cause I didn't know that back then. <laughs> like I wanted, to, I was, when I was growing up in our backyard, the one thing I used to do we would play what was called church, and I would always be the preacher, and I would give the sermon. <laughs> and so I, all I was doing was mimicking what I saw, mimicking mm-hmm. what I saw. So we were when children that are are very, um, what do you call? It? I guess observant because right. we watch the adults, and oftentimes for me too, when I was growing up, you know, the, there was this rule of children should be seen and not heard. So because we couldn't talk a lot, we had to watch a lot, and we got to listen a lot. Um, and and just do that Ob- observing and then just let yourself be free and have fun it is so wonderful if you go in thinking I gotta think this through and you gotta right. you'll it'll 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 block you it'll block your creativity you gotta let your creative side come through and mm-hmm. just have fun it's not easy I'm not gonna pretend it's easy it is work it is no. definitely work. Um, But if you let yourself go and let go of the inhibitions and just have fun. Now, I remember here. Here's a story when um, when I was growing up, of course, remember, I said my dad was a pastor. Right. Mm -hmm. So. We couldn't curse. Now, my, before my dad became a pastor, we heard our relatives cursing all the time. So we knew curse words. But, and so we would practice, actually when our parents left home, we would practice cursing on each other. So when I did Curb Your Enthusiasm and I had to do that line, F you, Larry David. When we were out there just carrying on, when we when they said cut, I would go back in a room and like I was shaking and nervous because I was like, okay, I'm going to get in trouble. And I go, Elia, you're a grown woman. You're not home. Your parents are not going to get upset with you it's okay it's not you you're portraying a character it's not something I run around doing every day of my life right
3: Mm -hmm. but you know when you raised a certain way and you taught skill set and being respectful I admire that and so and I can understand you saying you didn't want to make them believe that all that training all that work they get and poured into you that you went out there and just forgot about it became disrespectful. Exactly. That's what you was talking yeah. about, and yeah. I understand yeah. that. Yeah. But you had some yeah. characters on the show that you worked for, did not care about what they say. I'm talking about J.B. Smooth. I'm talking about Vivian <laughs> for Fox. And, we, and I want to just talk about the importance of your you guys' character on Curvy Enthusiasm. I always knew about Curvy Enthusiasm. And but it wasn't until you guys got on the show that I started watching it. Do you realize the impact of what y'all roles or y'all characters played in the success of Kirby Enthusiasm? Do you know?
2: Probably not to the greatest extent, but right. I have heard people say that, that he definitely, um, be, he got a bigger audience, especially yes. of the African-American community, right? Yes. When he brought the blacks on and I love it. And we were but called no, the funny blacks. Though.
3: Don't get me wrong now. You know, uh, coming into his house, not wanting to move. Y'all, it was like, it was unbelievable, but Larry David played the straight man so well. And Jamie move, and Vivica Fox and the relationship. I'm just saying is that it was so funny. It was needed because, and you know, in this business, Elliot, David, as black actors and actresses, we tend to get typecast. We tend to True. not be in these type of roles. And this is a True. show that not only broadened their audience, but broadened your audience, correct? Yes. Your level of respect in the industry. Talk about that.
2: Oh my goodness. It was absolutely amazing. First of all, having, working with J.B. Smooth, that, you know, not only is, was he Auntie Ray's nephew, he's like my next nephew. Remember J.B. <laughs> was my first television nephew? Now J.B. Smooth, my nephew. I loved working with J.B. Smooth and still do because we, as the Black family, we instantly became a family. Like you said, I had mm-hmm. Vivica Fox, who played Loretta, my niece. I had, oh my goodness, J.B. Smooth, who played Leon, my nephew. And then I had a great niece and nephew. I think the his name was Nick Jer- Nick Nervies, I think, was the baby's right. name, mm-hmm. and he played Daryl. And then the little girl who played Keisha, her name was Carla Jeffrey, and right. we were we became an instant family because what I loved was when Larry used that um, opportunity. We remember we had the um, the Katrina Hurricane. Katrina was yes. an atrocious thing that we had to go through, and so he took an experience and and decided, let me take a displaced family because that was what was happening at that time too. A lot of of people were displaced. A lot of people lost their homes and they were having to move, or people were having to take them in. And so, and it was truly two different cultures. You talk about a culture clash, you know. The blacks they were coming from their, you know, southern town where they had just had um just something to trip, you know, a traumatic experience for them. And they were being saved by this guy who brought them into his home. And the beauty of JB Smooth's character, Leon, Leon didn't come from from uh, the southern town that they came from, he was already living in California. Right, but when right. he found out that his auntie and his cousin, they were living there, he moved in too. And that's when it really just became amazing. And yes, oh Larry God. David, oh my God, God bless him. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I, I mean, I Because I remember show I
3: and- the Hurricane Katrina and I was going through my memory bank and I forgot JB was the really the one who sandbagged because Larry was trying a good de- good deed. It was he yes. who clean clean in and messed it all up for everybody cuz he was scamming everybody. Yes. Yes, yes and yes. And then he
2: ended up being uh, Larry's best friend. Can you believe it? <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> Larry ended up She's dating, dating my niece. I mean, <laughs> his advisor. His advisor. <laughs> I loved it. I loved so it. When we, we talk about this industry and having longevity, and I want to wrap this up. I want to keep a, Thank you for allowing me to discuss your journey and the final season of Curvy Enthusiasm. I'm going to miss you. But right now you have a new series, a YouTube series, called My Sisters and Me, a half-hour multi-camera comedy that crosses three distinct generations. Tell us about that and why are you doing it? <laughs>
2: Oh my goodness. Um, Maddie Carruthers, who you know, she also worked on the Jamie Foxx show. Mm-hmm. And when Maddie was working on the Jamie Foxx show, she and I became very, very close and very good friends. And we used to talk about all the time, often about wanting to create um, a project for me. I wanted us to create a project that she and I could work on together. Right. And so we ended up being able to do that. And I'm talking about Maddie. It truly is an awesome director, Rashawn. I mean, she she started her career. I don't know if you know that she started her career with the iconic Norman Lear. And so when she got us, she's talking about directing us with that show. It was just amazing. And Mm -hmm. the storyline, which was wonderful for me, was that there were these uh, Black sisters, vivacious, ageless Black sisters who had to live under the same roof without killing each other. And my character, I play the me in my sisters in me, right? I'm the baby sister of the bunch. So my character who thought, you know, now that my older sisters moved out, I can now have my life. My bossy sisters are no longer around and I can go on with my life. Well, then they come back into my life and now they are with their bossy attitudes and everything else. And then it goes on from there. Guess what? I feel like I'm a kid again. I feel like I can't do anything. So Mm -hmm. you every Everybody, I know everybody can relate to that, whether you've got a big, even if even um, I know a guy was telling me about his big sisters when he was a little boy and he his mother told him, you're going to be the man of the house and you have to go be the man of the house. And so he goes to his sisters and tells them, I'm the man of the house. And he said she punched him and knocked his teeth out. So everybody is gone. something with these older siblings. And so that's where the real beauty and the fun comes in. And then we got to figure out how to live together without killing each other. And so I'm excited about that.
3: What is the future? What's the future for, you, a young, small girl from Covington, by way of Atlanta, through New York and L.A., you know, you've done the ambience behavior. You've shown that you can do Broadway. You've shown you can do sitcom. You've shown that you can you can handle the mainstays of improv and scripted theater. Uh, now you're producing and launching your own YouTube show in January. What is the future? 2024 is here.
2: Oh, my goodness. And am I excited about 2024? Okay. Thank you so much for asking that question. And Mm -hmm. I will preface it with, I don't know if you knew that in 2018, I dropped everything because I had to come home and make sure my mom was okay. I had to take care of my mom. Okay. And I ended up becoming it It changed. It was I thought I was just going to become here, make sure I was a companion, make sure, you know, she didn't wander off, make sure somebody was there with her all the time. Well, she ended up getting an, an infection in her toe, in her big toe. And it cre- the it whole trajectory of why I came here changed. I ended up becoming her Nurse, I had to learn how to change dress wounds. I had to make sure she was at the hospital. I was staying in the hospital with her. When, however long she was there, I was there. I never left her side. And so my mom transitioned in 2020. Okay. And so that I had to take the rest of 2020, you know, and that was when, COVID. thank God, it wasn't COVID you know oh, and so yeah she didn't it wasn't covid that took her out and we were able to keep her protected from that mm-hmm. so then in 2021 i needed to process that right and so in 2022 i was blessed with the opportunity i am a member of the sigma gamma rho i got to give my sisters a shout out <laughs> <laughs> so we had our uh, boule in 2022. And it was our 100th anniversary. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. And so thank you so much. And so I ca- sort of like decided to get my feet wet. I ended up being able to go. We had it in Indianapolis, Indiana, which is mm-hmm. where the original four um, started the sorority. And I did workshops. I did workshops for the kids. I was also, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My sister was saying something to me. What happened to seven? Original seven, she said. She corrected me. She's a soror. Oh. <laughs> so she corrected me. She said the
3: original seven, not the original four. So forgive me. Oh, no, sir, <laughs> I'm gonna keep this in there. I'm gonna keep this moment in there. because this needs because off screen soror check it. On screen soror oh, okay. get it right. Get it yes, right get it right. I'm gonna keep sister. this moment in here. Don't worry about it. So after say, I love yes. this phone, Excuse me. Excuse me. Seven, not four. Okay. Not four. <laughs> Yes. See, I'm a member of Omega Top 5 fraternity, so I know. Hey, you got to so get those you facts right now. You got to get know, those facts right, Rashawn. You know what I'm talking four. about? My, you know. <laughs> not four, it's seven. <laughs> so
2: thank you, my sorrows. But um, so then, look, don't let me lose my train of thought, though. Anyway, what was happening at that time, Rashawn, was Curb was looking for me. And I Uh didn't know it. The moment I stepped out to do something, they were looking for me. And right Mm -hmm. after I finished and I came back from the Boulay, our 100th anniversary, which was amazing, it went Mm -hmm. awesome, I ended up going in and filming this season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. So when you you ask that question, um, what's next for me? you know, my mom was still my heart. She's still my everything. Mm -hmm. And for her, she tells me the sky's the limit. She's like, you can, Mm -hmm. and you can go beyond the sky, Mm -hmm. go ahead and shoot. So I'm back. I guess what I would say, Ellie is back. Like Auntie Ray is Mm -hmm. back. And Mm -hmm. I'm ready now to embrace it and to really do what I love. Every aspect of it, my singing, my acting, my dancing, my writing, I still love to write. So as long as I'm, My heavenly father gives me breath to live. I want to be everything he created me to be and do everything he created me to do so that when it is done, all said and done, I get to hear my father say, well done, you good and faithful servant. And I am looking forward to that. So thank you so much
3: content is king but more importantly yes. you are a queen you've a young thank longevity you. in this business yes. and good luck and i can't wait to see uh, Kirby and Therese. more importantly uh sisters and me premiering yes. in january on youtube january
2: 18th on youtube that we're going to do some we're going to be releasing webisodes of the show on Absolutely. youtube january Absolutely. 18th 2024
3: thank you for coming okay. on money making conversations thank you we're for talking. having me i Rashan, appreciate it's you been a and pleasure. good luck and god bless Thank you, you
1: too. God bless. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Money Making Conversations Masterclass. Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rushan McDonald is produced by 3815 Media Inc. More information about 3815 Media Inc. is available at
0: 3815media.com. And always remember to lead with your gifts.